So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello and welcome to Everyday Connection Now with your hosts, Jean Victoria Norlock and Rick O'Shields. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this now edition of Everyday Connection. I am yet again Rico Shields, and almost straight in front of me, some many miles away, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? Well, I'm curious as to how I was on your left yesterday, and now I'm right in front of you. Well, you weren't on my left yesterday. I was misinformed. Ah, <clears throat> oh, through the use okay, of. Google Maps and GPS satellites and other things, I've determined that this house faces due south, and I am faced inward towards the house when we do the show. So you're actually maybe right in front and to the right just a little bit, but, you know. (laughs) Close. Over there. Over there. Yeah. It's funny because I'm here, and it's now, and and over there, it's here, and it's now. One of those things, I, I think. Do you want to understand? It is here and now. Here. Now. Yes, it is. So, Absolutely. gosh, we just taped last night. What interesting has happened? We did. Um, uh, what were I we going to talk about? <laughs> yeah, that was probably good. Uh, I slept. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that was, that was exciting. Um, I don't know. Well, I can go back a few days. I had an interesting interesting experience with my daughter's school. <clears throat> the uh, homeschooling saga continues. Um, but, however, I have to say I'm pleasantly uh, surprised by the wonderful phone call I got from her principal of her school. So just for listeners who are just um, new to the show, my daughter's 16 not doing very good in in the school that she was in. It's a very large school. It's got something like 3,000 students. This is high school we're talking about. And she has always been in small schools. Uh, She's an artist-type personality, doesn't do well with the whole personal politics crap, doesn't go in for bullying. These things annoy her made her very uncomfortable, didn't have a good year last year. So we gave her the option. Well, several options, actually. She had the option to take a year off and concentrate, because she also writes, concentrate on her writing and her um, costume design, because she wants to be a cosplayer professionally at some point. So she had that option, or she could opt for homeschooling, or she could go back to school. And what we've discovered is there are more than just that for options, apparently, from this wonderful school. They have noticed that more and more students are not comfortable 
with the school environment as it is with the regular curriculum. So they have launched two other programs. One is an adult education system that I understand a lot of high schools offer. So you go in and it's all modular. You you are in the building, but it's different classes. It's done modularly. You can decide what courses you're going to do, when you're going to do them. You take and you concentrate on a couple courses instead of eight or nine at once, and you get through them. There's no exams. There's no final, you got to know it all, hoo-ha. You you know, there's tests and, and assignments along the way, and then when you're done it, you're done. But they also offer that exact same thing online for students who don't want to be in the school. So I'm really excited now because she's got more options and even more excited that the principal was supportive of my decision that has been bashed repeatedly by certain family members of my decision to allow my 16-year-old daughter to decide for herself what her future was going to be and to give her time to sit and think and reflect and to make that decision for herself rather than forcing her to do something that she was uncomfortable doing. I have taken flack for that in a big way. One family member isn't even talking to me anymore at this moment, not thinking it's a big loss. I, I was going to say, that could be a blessing is, in disguise right there. Could be a <laughs> blessing in disguise. Um, but the wonderful part was was hearing a principal of a normal public education system high school say, I think that that's wonderful that you acknowledge that your daughter needs to do this for her. Because his his words, not mine, it's not about me, it's not about the school, it's not about you, it's about your daughter and her future. And she needs to do what's right for her. So big, big, big props to (laughs) Mr. Scott um, from the local, oh, excuse me. I don't know what happened there from the local what? high school um, for 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 taking care of that. Cause that's well, I, think that's, I, I think it's amazing, and, and I think more and more of those things are coming. I certainly would encourage any schools that might be reticent to just put on your brave coat and do it, uh, put on your courage clothes and, and go for it, because it, it it's true. Kids... If kids are interested in something, if that's their, if that's something they're on fire about, they will stay up till 3 a.m. learning all about it. If if you don't believe me, watch them when they're trying to figure out their new video game. Um, and so if you give them some, if you make them aware that they have choice, and 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 that the schools are working to actually provide some choice, um, they will be far happier and more productive and more learning, uh, learning more in something that they're passionate about. And um, I think so. And I think it's awesome that the schools have recognized it. I think it's awesome that uh, these programs are available. And I think that there's good things coming in our future for especially for these young people who are so self-aware at that age, at a young age, so self-aware that they know, okay, this is not good for me. And well, her and her whole point was, I'm not learning what I need to learn because of all this life. extra yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and let's face it, folks, 
I hate to be the one to break the news, but if they're not interested in it and can't find any way that it relates to their life at all, they're not very motivated and they're not learning it. They're just regurgitating it and throwing it away. And um, so what is the point in that? And um, so I'm, I give big props to Mr. Scott as well, because that's a very progressive of him. And uh, he's going to have Absolutely. some happy kids graduating from his school as a result. Um, it, it well, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Um, you know, her face lit right up when I told her that that's the conversation I had with him. And one of the things I had said to him, I said, you know, she's not she's not dumb. She's a very intelligent young woman. He's like, yes, I know. I've spoken to her. It's not it's not her intelligence that's the problem. Right. This is just obviously not the right atmosphere for her. And, and, and uh, you know, having some recognition for that as opposed to just insisting that, you know, well, this is the mold and your child will fit into it. And if not, we'll hammer on them until they do, um, you know, is uh, uh, just an amazing thing. I mean, you know, the Pope's over there saying that the church has some rules that were valid when they were made but are useless now and need to be done away with and, and the school is saying, yeah, well, that's just not the right environment for her. We have options. We have choices. Um, doctors are doctors from the Texas Medical Center, like one of the top three places on the planet to go for medical care. People, Saudi people go over there and rent a whole floor of the hospital and stuff. Um, and uh, to say that, you know, well, yes, Costa Rica obviously is because your legs are just healing up at at light speed and you know this is really good whatever you're doing keep doing it and um that's a lot you know instead of well what do you mean it I, is that's stupid that can't scientifically mean anything and you know he's like you feel better and your results are better so go with it and uh, we need it, more of that it is a lot it's and i'm glad you brought up doctors because um since we brought it up last night you know i have i have made friends with my tv again but Purely for the fact that I'm rather enjoying watching the progression of the media and the programming. So, it's, you know, I mean, yes, I can look at it in my world and see the changes, but I put on the TV and I see the changes within the programming as well. So what was interesting yesterday, I was flipping through stations looking for, I can't even remember what I was looking for, probably Star Trek. But yeah. <laughs> I was I was probably Star Trek. I was flipping through stations, and I got stuck on the show The Doctors, not something I ever watch, but what caught my attention was they were featuring a doctor who uses a machine that goes back to the ancient Chinese energetic medicine, and the machine that she uses for pain management on her on her patients realigns your energetic centers, basically is what it does, and opens up your energetic pathways and allows the energy to flow and she explained here on national tv in front of a bunch of doctors that people listen to for medical advice around america and all over canada certainly that these energetic the energetic flow within your body if it's blocked that's what causes disease and pain and that this method and many of the ancient um Asian Chinese methods like acupuncture and acupressure were designed to unblock that energy. So I was stunned to see that on a show that big. 
like stunned. I was just like, really? <laughs> and here they are telling this, telling their audience, it's good to seek out alternatives. And to combine the them and have a team. Because and... the pill's not always the answer, is what the guy said. He said, you know, we don't need to take these medicines that cause all these side effects and all this extra illness. There are options. And so isn't this a fun, brave new world that we're living in? Hasn't been drummed out of the medical association or anything. That's awesome. Oh, come on, he's it, got a talk show. He's not going to get drummed out. What, what are they going to do to him now? Yeah. Um, I've, you can't kill me now. I've gone to the press. I've gone public. But it 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 uh, it just is. You 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 stand up and speak truth to authority, not you know some kind of flowering and embellishment that you've made up, but you speak truth to authority, it's responsive. It works. And um, uh, so, um, but it is, it's um, whether it's confirmation that the outer is the reflection of the inner or uh, confirmation of the shift, I'll, I'll take all of those things. You know, I'll, I'll take E, all of the above, please, Monty. Uh, you know, and... Um, <laughs> Because it just Absolutely. is. It, it, Give it, me it's, options. It, it, it's amazing, and uh, and of course, as we mention often, it's uh, the the technology these days is amazing because it allows us to do this uh, fun that we that we get to do, where you're in the hiding in the quartz uh, laced mountains, Laurentians, in in Canada, at the Phoenix Nest, and uh, I am at the Pegasus House in uh, the jungles of Costa Rica, and, and it's hard. I'm exactly nine kilometers from Uvita and, and nine kilometers from Dominical, so I don't know which one to say I live in. I often say I live in Uvita, but the hotel says it's in Dominical, and it's 10 yards from me, so, uh, and it's 10 yards north of me, I now know, so it's it's not any closer to either one of the towns, because they're, you know, over there, so. Um, I just live here, Pegasus House, that's it, and, um, and we have a guest this morning that's with us from a log cabin somewhere outside in the of Atlanta, mountains. in the mountains. Yeah. So I, I, I think uh, a little bit forward, but mostly mostly to the right and a little forward. So as long as we're doing that whole, which where am I? Uh, <laughs> she enjoyed that because she typed in where which direction she would be so that I could say that. So um, that's awesome. Uh, but I'm glad she knows where she is. Uh, yeah, well, I've I, I, I spent a lifetime trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, where where am I and where's it at and what's it anyway? Where am I? <laughs> and, uh, but uh, uh, you know, good spot to go ahead and hush our banter because should people doubt, one day we may not have a guest and you can hear us. We'll banter for two hours and still not be done. Um, we do that time warp thing and. Um, but we have with us this morning author and speaker and radio host and our guests have so many if i was to do a traditional media introduction of our guests that would be the first half oh, of the show yeah. uh yeah we'd be so here forever. <laughs> i'll just say that they're multi-talented that they're multi-dimensional beings what, what surprise surprise uh, but we have with us uh, uh what is what is morning for us gene adrian Welcome, Jean. How are you? Well, 
Thank you, and good morning to you, Rick and Jean. Other Jean. Jean and Jean. <laughs> yeah, and it's a lovely day up here in the North Georgia mountains. It's raining and overcast, but the angels are hanging around, so it's all good. Oh, yeah. It's all good. It's We're actually having some sunshine and things here, which is odd. It's the rainy season. Um, but... But even during the rainy season, you have beautiful. We had a beautiful afternoon yesterday after morning rain. We're having a beautiful morning today. Probably have afternoon rain. Uh, so it's not like I I might have envisioned it in the past that rainy seasons just rain for months. So. Well, I'm actually welcoming this rain that started in the night last night because. We apparently had rainy season. I must have brought it with me when I moved up here on the 14th of May. It rained every day for three months. And I was really beginning to think I was turning into a mushroom, um, you know, because it just the sun wasn't going to come out. And I was in the dark all the time. I'm like, okay, what happened here? Um, But then, you know, that faded away. And so now the rain has been a little bit sporadic. And I already put in my fall garden. And so my vegetables need their, their little dose of moisture so i was really happy that it rained today uh, fall so garden awesome. what does one grow in a fall garden i'm new to this whole living in the bush thing so this is a whole learning experience so before i ask you the big question i'll ask you a mutually important question which is what does one plant in a fall garden well, well i'm i'm really a novice at this as well gene because i did my first garden it was my spring garden when i moved up here um, but in the fall garden, so far, I have planted uh, collard greens and um, cabbage and broccoli. And as soon as my tomatoes are done, then I'm going to put in kale. But uh, I still have tomatoes on the vine, and I keep hoping they're going to ripen. I'm not sure there are, but, you know, they're there. You'd be surprised. Mine took forever, and then suddenly I woke up one morning, and all of a sudden I had all these red things on my <laughs> Like, like whoa, oh, what happened? Yeah, and it was it was like I had green tomatoes for like three weeks. I'd look at them every morning and go, "I really, really, I'd like to eat you someday." Um, and they <laughs> just wouldn't ripen. But one night they just decided, "Hey, we're I'm back. hoping that will occur." You know, the the rain, the three months of solid rain and no sun really wreaked havoc on uh, my garden and I I really was able to harvest maybe a dozen grape tomatoes and maybe three of the large heirlooms. Um, I did have the broccoli did okay that I did in the spring. Um, but you know, the peppers didn't at all. The eggplant didn't at all. Um, and the lettuce did. I did. I had lettuce for a while there. Um, but you know, so I'm, I'm hoping to be a little bit more successful with my fall garden. Well, I wish you I wish you tons of luck. Uh, my next vegetable enterprise is going to be actually inside my office, which doubles as a greenhouse. How fun okay. is that? Yeah, that's cool. Um, so I'm going to be yeah, I'm hopefully going to be growing. It'll be an experiment because we're hoping to grow some some vegetables in here throughout the year, and then next year we'll put in a garden garden. But um, we had the same problem with rain this year that. Half the half the locals couldn't even get to till to get their seeds in because the rain just wouldn't let up and the ground was too wet and some gardens just didn't get planted. So I That's feel your pain, here. my dear, because yeah, yeah. it happened here. Uh, yeah. Luckily, I got mine in before the rain started, 
uh, I start. I put the garden in uh, on a new moon two weeks before I moved in, and then the rain started. You know, and so if if I would have waited, I wouldn't have been able to get mine in either. Yeah, lesson learned. Like I mm-hmm. said, we're new to this, <laughs> so uh-huh. we'll uh, we'll know better next year. But um, it's it's that's kind of crazy. It's like um, way over there, and you're still having the same see. We're not so far apart, us humans. We never are. We never are. <laughs> yeah, we're all connected. Absolutely. Isn't that cool? So, so Jean, the big question of the day. I know all right. It's a hard one. I hope you studied. <laughs> Who on earth are you and what do you do? Okay. So, I'm a being of light. And uh, I'm completely energy. And I... What I do is I create with my thoughts, and uh, it's taken me 65 years to figure that out Uh, because, you know, for 64 of those years, I figured that other people were doing it to me. So everything that I am and everything that I do uh, comes from within me. I bet that's the weirdest answer you've ever gotten to that question. Nope. One of the one of the better answers, but but uh, it's one yeah. of the better ones. Um, we 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 consider we consider answers like um, I am a teacher who teaches disabled children. Blah 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 blah. When people start listing what they do for a living, that to us is a weird answer. But your answer was brilliant. It was brilliant truth, and it was honest truth because sometimes it takes. 60 some years to figure out. Oh yeah, and I'm still you know? I'm still learning, you know, because every time I think I've got it all sussed up, I realize, wow, it's bigger than what I thought it was. You know, and I have to just expand my view. So it's a all right, that's good. That's awesome. That means I'm never going to get bored. Um, yeah. I'm not I'm not quite yet 40 and I'm still figuring it out. So that makes me feel better. <laughs> well, if you get it figured out, you know, pop me an email because I sure would like to know what the answer is. <laughs> no, I think I, I so think, see me on that honestly, deal, would you? I believe, I believe that if I knew, I would be bored out of my mind. Uh huh. I really do. I really do believe that if I had all the answers, I would be bored out of my mind. And what would be the bloody point of being here and physical in the first place? You know, and I think that you really have hit the nail on the head. I think that is part of the um, the issue, the pandemic issue um, that society has these days is everybody thinks they know, know all the answers. And so I think boredom is the the major sickness that society is dealing with right now. And, you know, because of boredom, people get involved in looking for excitement outside themselves. Um, Hence, they get involved Mm -hmm. with alcohol and drugs and other addictions, sex addiction, you know, um, uh, social media addiction, cell phone addiction, you name it. Um, And it all really, I think, stems from boredom. Well, and and, right. and 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 looking for something that rings true. I think there's a lot of people that are finding that the the places that they used to look for stimulation or you know whatever just really aren't working anymore. Right. It's like they're like, okay, that's not it. And uh, 
so they don't know what it is, and so they're you know, could be freaking out just a little. <clears throat> Yeah, well, I mean, it's like any addiction. Um, you know, you have to keep doing more of it in order to be able to get the buzz you got yesterday from it. And then pretty soon, it's consumed you, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't fulfill. And, you know, the whole thing about that is because the truth is that the only place where you can receive the validation and the uh, fulfillment is within yourself. The masters of all times have told us that. We just didn't ever understood, understand what they were saying. Yeah, we, we're very good at very good at fooling ourselves. Mm, but or trying that's to. Part of the, that's part of the adventure. Yeah, we wouldn't though, be able to play right? this game, though, if we couldn't do that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. If we couldn't completely convince ourselves that we were powerless, we wouldn't have been able to do this. Mm-hmm. So it had it had to be done. We had to convince ourselves. And now the game is to remember. Exactly. Unconvince ourselves. And then what will we do? That's what I'm oh, having well. such excitement about, is then what will we do? Because, uh, you know, all these changes we were talking about when Gene and I were bantering at the beginning of the show are some of those Wow, let's see what they'll do. What what are the school districts going to do next if this was cool, and uh, or what what's going to be the latest thing in the news where somebody that was about to blow up their part of the world last week is ready to sit down and have a chat over tea? Well, you know, I think that's really um, what's exciting is that once we get to that place where we realize that we're the creators of our reality, that we have all the power, we hold all the power within ourselves, then there's nothing we can't do. So then we can get really creative on manufacturing wonder in our lives. And, you know, every day we could do something else that's awesome. Absolutely. And um, and in more places, too. Mm-hmm. We... Uh, uh, we were chatting before the show as in our pre-show chat about uh, me being a little bit allergic to my previous uh, town of Houston. It's a little small town in Texas. Uh, you might have heard of it. And um, that you had a similar experience of allergy to Atlanta, another uh-huh. very small town that people might have heard of. <laughs> Hoplanta. And... Uh, <clears throat> um, I, I have to say, I did appreciate the access that I had to uh, things that I might need. Uh, you know, here, if you want to go to Walmart, it's three and a half hours to go to the Capitol because that's where they have Walmart. Um, because we don't have that down here where I am. But what we have is we have a lot of extremely talented people that can take your, you know, great grandmother's sewing machine and actually still repair it. I've, there's a repair shop down in Uvita and and the guy sits in a it's a window frame but there's no window and he sits there working on stuff that's where his workbench is it's it's open to the street and uh I drove by the other day and uh he was working on a singer sewing machine that was the old black with the flowers gold flowers on his I, there was one in my grandmother's house um and uh and he was in there working on it getting it, getting it going again and um uh, so I'd, I'd really love to see that fusion 
and uh, and and I think we're seeing it more and more of fusing those, blending those two things. Well, I have to agree, Rick, and, and I don't know about Eugene, but um, like when I moved up here to the mountains, I live in a very small town. The actual population of the town is 629 people. Um, in the county, there's 21,000, but in the town itself, just you know, just over 600. Um, and there's very little here. And I thought I was going to be going back to Atlanta every other week, you know, to get the stuff I needed to find whole, to go to Whole Foods, to get my hair done, you know, things like that. And what I found within a matter of days was that I could have everything I, I needed right here without having to go back. And now it's like when I have to go back to Atlanta for some reason, it really it it pains my heart, you know, to to leave the beauty of the mountains and the peace and the serenity and just the thought of driving back over that mountain um, actually creates physical pain for me. Not to it, mention the emotional so spiritual. It's so crazy that you brought that up because my husband and I noticed that every time we have to drive to Montreal, as soon as we start getting away from the mountains, I can see the mountains fading. He says my face falls. Like, he can feel me kind of deflating. And then when I get back close to where I can see my mountains, he'll point to them and they'll go, there are your mountains, baby. And I'm like, my mountains, I'm coming. <laughs> so I hear exactly what you're saying. Um, I am lucky in that pretty much anything I could need is in the surrounding towns because we do have a big tourist industry here. So there's a lot of skiing, and I'm sure there is there. So, and And it's a wonderful co-creative conscious community there's a lot of art and music here there's you know there's natural paths healers anything you need you can find here unless it's something that is you know really remote and weird and you don't have any you don't have any stress any stress fests there you know come stress Ah, more no no but I understand exactly what you're saying because I, the going into the city now for me is it's not it's not a comfortable thing. I don't. It, 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 it's not well, fun. I it used it, to be fun. Cities, <laughs> cities to me run on adrenaline. Mm. They just do, and it's that old survival instinct, and we that needs to be tamed, but when it's untamed, it's like, you know, nobody's shooting arrows and throwing rocks at us anymore. What do we do? Where's the, oh, well, we'll make up some stuff, you know. Well, there's like, I'm never going to get out of there. Around it. You know, um, what if what if I'm stuck in traffic and then I have to go to the bathroom? Then what do I do? And, you know, all these things that don't happen, but but you can get excited about them, you know, and if you wish. There's this frenetic, energetic buzz. It's a, you know, you can't hear it. Um, and you get used to it, so you don't even really feel it. But I wasn't aware of it until um, you know I would be coming up here, and I would come up like every weekend um, and just kind of get away to my cabin for seven years. And every once in a while, I would get creeped out, and I would you know I would uh, you know lock all the doors and close all the windows and you know go into kind of like a little weird fear thing um, because I couldn't figure out. You know, and there didn't appear to be anything out there because the dog would have alerted, you know. Um, but I finally got it one day. And it, it started as I was driving back up Highway 129 from Atlanta and crossing over 
uh, it's a place called Blood Mountain that you have to, um, it's like the second highest point in Georgia. Um, there was a huge battle between the Cherokee and the Creeks, and that's why they call it Blood Mountain. So I was driving over the mountain, and I got to this particular tree, and I guess I had noticed it before, but it hadn't really hit my consciousness. Um, but as you pass that tree, it was kind of like all the worries of the world just sort of like fell off of me. And finally, what I began to realize was at that point, I was far enough away from Atlanta that mass consciousness and the energy of mass consciousness doesn't go any farther than that. So when you get past that tree, it's just like, ah, oh, you can exhale. And what was freaking me out was that there is no energetic noise up here. And it it was that difference, that um, that strange change thing that was making me uncomfortable because I wasn't used to, after dark, having no noise. And once I got that, I was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. Um, you know, there is no noise. I love it. Open the windows, unlock the doors, and life is back to good. Right on. It, it and, and you do. You become accustomed to it, just like a... Mm -hmm. A bad smell in your house. If you stay in for a while, you don't smell it anymore. And then somebody comes to visit and they go, oh, my God, it stinks in here. And you're like, really? I, really? You think so? And, <laughs> and Because you're not experiencing it, so you, you, you're not noticing it. And, um, and for me, I, my heart knew in one day of being in Costa Rica, in the, in the countryside of Costa Rica, my heart knew what was the deal. But I had to come and stay here for three months and then go back to visit uh, because it took at least a month uh, to decompress, really, um, because I'd been in Houston for many years and uh, uh, I'd traveled to some other places, but basically been there since I was six mm -hmm. and um, uh, trips to the country and that sort of thing and knew, knew I felt better there, but, you know, I never put anything together didn't have time. You had to hurry up and get back to town and get in line and wait. Um, but, <laughs> well, you got to hurry to wait, you know, because if you don't hurry to wait, you might yeah. wait more. Um, yeah. And, um, um, but when I went back this time, it was just, um, you know, I kind of tried to slide right back in. I was like, ooh, we can drive cars fast. Look at these roads. Isn't that cool? And, and because there is coolness to it. Uh, you know, having access to whatever you want within arm's reach and blah, blah, blah. But I'm, it, it, it also had this undertone, and it's that mass consciousness thing that you're talking about. I even, after I'd been there for about three days, some news article came up, and it was in foreign press, and I was like, how, how come we haven't heard about this over here? Well, I hadn't heard about it because it doesn't even pertain to my vibration, you know, but I... I even sent an email to a mutual friend of Gene and ours, a past guest, to go, look, how come this isn't? Because he's in the alternative press. And I'm like, how come this isn't in the press? And and, and, and then I found that it had been in the press. And I was like, oh, sorry. And, and I also realized, I was like, what am I doing anyway? What is it? What? what the? And but it was that it was that vibration. And um, and then coming back here where even in San Jose, which. The folks that live down here will tell you, they'll say, look, I'm from Costa Rica and I don't go to San Jose. That's wow. Um, but even in San Jose, everybody 
you know, people at the hotel I was staying at in Houston, which was a beautiful facility, I must say, well, showed pride of ownership and willingness to serve. But it, you know, you'd walk through the door and somebody would be back behind a, something and they'd peek over the top of a cubicle and just look at you as you walked by. And every time uh, I'm a smoker, so I leave out of the hotel because you can't smoke anywhere in Costa Rica that's a public space. And um, and so I'd walk out of the hotel across the street and, 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 and do my thing. Every time I walk back in, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, how are you? What can I do for you? With big, genuine smiles on their face. And and uh, and then you get down here to the country where pe- people down here and, and up there where you are and up where Gene is are just, their hearts are more open and they're more genuine and because there's not... You know, we're in the middle of the country, you know, occasionally get monkeys for morning coffee. It, it, what, what role are you going to play? There's, there's none to play that anybody would be appreciative of. And so you either go back to your adrenaline-laced city or you, after about a month, you exhale. What was that movie? Waiting to Exhale? You know, you, you just exhale. Yeah. You, ah. And then you settle in. you hit in. on something. You guys both hit on something, actually, and you both said it in a different way. Um, Gene said that that one of the biggest causes of problems in our world is boredom. And you brought up the adrenaline rush, and that that's it. That's it right there, is that people are addicted to adrenaline. They're adrenaline junkies. People who live in the cities, they have to maintain this fast pace because if they don't, they don't feel comfortable. They're not happy. And so that that sense of excitement that they get through adrenaline is what they equate with excitement about life. So if you can take somebody who's an adrenaline junkie like myself, I was an, I was an adrenaline junkie. I was a waitress for 20 years, bouncing from city to city and town to town, working in multiple different hotels and restaurants because I loved the rush of what I did. It was super fast-paced. It was, you know, super stressful. And I fed off it. But then I got removed from that and shown another way to find joy and excitement in life. And once I saw that, once I knew I had options, I was like, oh, wait. I don't have to rely on this fast-paced environment to feed me my excitement. I can go out and find my excitement in my own way, on my own time, at my own pace. And so I was able to shift over from the fast pace to the slower pace without getting bored. And that's the key, is that you have to have something to continue to simulate you. Well, I would agree with that, Jean, because... um, I had to leave my type A personality back in Atlanta along with all most of my possessions that I left back there um, because it doesn't work up here. You know, if you want to get something done, you better not have a time frame or an agenda on it because people up here work on mountain time. And God forbid you want something done during hunting season because it won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> Right. So I started in April. Before I moved, one of the things I knew I would need up here was a carport because we get a lot of inclement weather, a lot of snow in the winter, and worse than that, we have ice storms and hail. And so I didn't want my car to be trashed 
you know, so I wanted some sort of a, you know, um, a carport. And uh, I could have gone and gotten one of those metal things, you know, sort of like an, uh, an art-shaped metal sort of deal. Um, but they're pretty tacky. And um, because and there are four other cabins. Cabin? That's a horrible idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and there are four other, four cabins, three other cabins up here in this gated little enclosure on top of the mountain that I live on. Um, and I didn't want to really, you know, upset my neighbors by doing that as well. I mean, we don't have any kind of covenants or anything like that. And the other three um, up until probably this week are uh, vacation homes. Um, but I believe one of the homes has sold and there's going to be another couple that will be living up here full time, which will be nice. I won't be you know, completely isolated anymore. But anyway, um, so I started trying to get somebody to give me bids to build me a carport. And the first person that I contacted was a contractor who had done some gutter work for me and some, you know, some fix-it-up kind of stuff over the years. And a month and a half later, I still didn't have a firm quote from him. Um, so I went into one of the local – it's an old grocery store that was built in, in the, I think, the 1930s or 1940s. Uh, it's called Sunrise the Sunrise Grocery. And I went in there, and there were a bunch of good old boys kind of hanging around, you know, talking, doing their thing. And I just asked, I said, you know, I'm looking for somebody to build me a carport. Any of you guys have an idea of who would be a good contractor? And unanimously, they gave me a name. Uh, you know, so I contacted this guy, and he immediately gave me a quote. Now, did he start on it? Oh, no. I mean, I gave him a deposit. And in his in his favor, I got to say, he never cashed the check. But he that was in... Um, like May, the end of May, he didn't actually start building my carport until August. And it didn't get finished until two weeks ago. I asked my son, when did he think I was going to have a carport? And he says, oh, Juvember. <laughs> and I, that's just, you know, that's but, how it goes up here. But I had to let go of my get attachment it done before to the, the snow comes. <laughs> it's done. It is done. It's completed. Of course. You know. Of course. And the lesson for me was not to be attached to a particular outcome, you know, to let go of an agenda. You know, cuz there's a whole set of universal laws that um, you know, that govern how everything works. And unfortunately, those are the laws we didn't get taught in school or Sunday school or, you know, wherever. Um, you know, but when we um when we buck up against those things, that's when we create the drama and the trauma in our lifetimes. And one of those laws is no attachments. And that means no attachments to anything. You know, not the agenda, not how that carport's gonna look or even if I'm ever gonna have it. No, you know? Particularly when it's gonna happen. <laughs> For it, sure. For sure that. It, 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 <laughs> one of the first things I was told when I moved down here was, you know, listen. Uh, you need to learn patience. But I was told it in a very backhanded manner. It was uh, another former United States person that's down down here and and uh, thinks they're get, learning to deal. What what the way they put it was they're learning to deal with the timetable down here because you know had a plumbing problem and couldn't use bathrooms. Couldn't you know nothing worked in the plumbing department because the drain didn't work and called the plumber. It was like mon- Monday morning, called the plumber and he said, okay, I'll be there Thursday. <clears throat> and, uh, you can't come sooner than that. I can't use any of my facilities. And the plumber's like, no, I, that that's my next, you know, available slot is Thursday. So this person offered to pay double normal rate. If you come now, 
And the guy said, I, I, I told you I, Thursday. And so this person offered to pay triple normal rate. And the guy finally said, listen, uh, Thursday's what I got. If that works for you, you let me know. <laughs> and and this American was just this, well, this United States person. They don't like it when we say American down here. They say, yeah, we're Americans too. We're Central Americans. What are you, North American? Nervous American? What? But um, um, she couldn't believe that somebody would not drop what they were doing for extra money. And But this fellow was, you know, Whatever it was, whether it was other clients or, you know, time with his family or whatever it was that was on his schedule was, was on his schedule, you know. And he was like, "Look, this what Thursday? You want you want it Thursday? I can do it Thursday. No, I want it today. No, I, you misunderstand me. I can do it Thursday. <clears throat> oh, but I have mountains of money. Listen, I can do it Thursday. You know, <laughs> and it's to me." Uh, symptomatic or emblematic of, of, of how they live down here. They just don't, that doesn't, that's not what does it for them is I could have a bigger pile of cash if I, you know, screwed somebody else over. That's just not, how cool is that? Not how they do it. And, and, and freaking cool. If you ask me, <laughs> very yeah. cool. And, but that's often what people talk about when they talk about Island time or Tico time or, you know, Mountain time or um, mountain time is because you know they have what they're going to do and that's what they're going to do and you're not going to influence them and uh, because they have their own deal going on and you know they're sorry for your deal you know I went and picked up my truck yesterday and the guy said listen that the problem with the air conditioner is that the the, the freons all leaked out so I didn't put any in because it's just going to leak out again. And so that'd be a waste of money and it's not that good for the air. So, and I asked him like three times, silly me, fresh back from the city, you know, well, couldn't she just put some, you know, it worked for a month, put some gas in it. And that way I'll be able to be cool while I drive to the big city where they can fix my air conditioner. He said, no, no, I can't, I can't give you a guarantee. I can't give you a warranty. I can't, it, it, it you know, it could leak out the next day. I, Refuse to do it. You need to go over there. Don't want this stuff leaking out of your car. And I asked again, <laughs> and and I said, look, I'll pay you. I just want the gas. And he's like, no, look, I think it's best I don't, I not touch it. And that was the end of the matter, as far as he was concerned. Was you know, I don't care. You pay me for the gas. What? <laughs> you know, if you were if you were in the states or you know, Canada. Chances are pretty good that they would stick that stuff in your car and not care because they just here take my money. Yeah, they, thank they you. They even have some pre-printed forms with a spot you can initial saying that you've been advised that this may break tomorrow, and but sell <laughs> it to you, you know. And and he's he wouldn't do it. I I can tell you after asking him three times, there wasn't. I gave I surrendered because there wasn't going to be anything I was going to be able to tell him to do. And then I drove home with both my windows open and it was just extraordinarily pleasant. I was pretty soon had my my left arm out the window and was doing that thing I used to do when I was a kid where you tilt your hand and it goes up and down and like an airplane or whatever and uh, <laughs> you know, childlike silliness and lord knows we all 
particularly when you're just returning from Houston to the Costa Rican jungle, need a little childlike silliness for the adjustment, you know. <laughs> so it it all worked out just perfectly in the end, in, 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 as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, he, I, I was very soft about it, but I had some of that, you know, city, you know, give it to me now thing. And he was just like, look, you don't understand. This thing's broken. And I can't fix it, and and so you got to go somewhere else where somebody can actually fix it, not just. I'm not going to fix your symptom. You got to go get here. I've told you where to go. Go. They will fix the That's problem. Pretty amazing. You know, and and uh, uh, so here we are bantering off the first half of the show, talking about our experiences, and uh, uh, but. I would think that that's, uh, you know, we'll probably take a break here shortly, uh, but uh, have some music. But uh, when we come back, I want to talk about your book. But uh, I I would think that 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 unplugging or turning down the power would be one of the power tools. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it, it, it can be a tough transition. I've seen people go, I've seen adrenaline junkies go cold turkey, including myself, and it's not good. Yeah, not pretty. Not good. <clears throat> now not I just, good. I, day of readjustment, but boy, that first time or two is, wow. <clears throat> yeah, I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to do it in stages, to move from the big city to a smaller area that had, um, that had a bit of a slower pace of life for a while before I was actually deposited out in the middle of nowhere um, because I don't think that I could have done the move from the city at that time straight to this mountain home. So I'm grateful for that, that opportunity for transition, but I'm just super excited about the way that I live now and I can't imagine ever going back to to live in a city. Visit, maybe, sure. It's a nice place to visit, I'm sure. Well, that's that's what I told everybody. I said it's a nice place to visit, but I wouldn't want to live here. Uh, not anymore. I, I no. And uh, and it was nice to be able to just go, you know, two minutes over there and get Himalayan pink salt to bring back, and go over there and get dog treats, and you know, all within just a small, you know. But but I have such grand adventures going to find things down here, you know, and uh, you don't have that up there. It's just a functional thing. Mm, salt, yes, there. <clears throat> Good. <laughs> Rather caveman. And, uh, right. I mean, I, I, I think one of the things that strikes me the most is that, you know, even even in the city, you have these wonderful fruit markets that you can go and you can buy fresh organic vegetables and fruit and that's wonderful and that's great but how often do you actually get to have a conversation with the person behind the counter you don't because there's always a ton of people in there and i i I remember a lot of the markets in toronto you know you never ever get time to have a conversation because people behind you would be you know tapping their foot or giving you the look whereas here i go down to get my vegetables from the lady who runs the vegetable stand whose name is jean and i can talk to her because there's nobody behind me tapping their feet to say, like, hurry up and get out of my way. They might even, if there is somebody behind me, they might jump in on the conversation. 
It's the same thing here. We have market day on Saturday morning, and the farmers all bring their produce, um, you know, and, and some of it's organic, uh, you know, so I can get everything that I want. And even the local grocery store here, uh, Ingalls, I really didn't have a real good impression of Ingalls, you know, in the past, but they've stepped up to the plate, and they've got an organic section in, on every aisle of the store. Um, you know, and, and organic fruits and vegetables. And you know, I still prefer to buy the local stuff, um, you know, just because I know it wasn't on a truck, uh, you know, for yeah. days or weeks. But everything yeah. that I really, everything that I want is here. And like you, I can have conversations with the guy that grew it or the woman that grew it. And it's awesome. I know who's growing my food. I can go and talk to her and she say, oh, yeah, your apples came from so-and-so over on this road, and the peppers came from so-and-so on that road. She knows all of the people who grow her food. She knows where it's grown. And it's that, to me, is bringing it back to that sense of community with regards to now I'm not just grateful to the vegetable or the food that I'm eating. I'm also able to be grateful to the person behind the counter who's selling it to me and to the growers, because now I have a sense of who they are. It's not exactly. just some stranger that I'll never, ever meet. It could be the guy that I run into at the gas station who who provided my peppers for this week. You know what I mean? And that changes the dynamic of the community that you live in. It changes the way that you look at life, and it changes the way that you look at the food that you're eating. Oh, absolutely. There's um at the Sunrise Grocery, um, which is right, right around the corner from my home, um, that's where I go to get my eggs. And there's a woman by the name of Mrs. Brindle um, who sells her eggs there. And the eggs are uh, free range. You know, they're, they're from the chickens in her yard. And all of the eggs are a different color. It's really lovely. Some of them are brown. Some That's of them awesome. are green. Some of them are white. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all different sizes. Um, but I went in there the other day to get eggs. And the, the woman who runs the grocery said, oh, we don't have any eggs. And I'm like, what's up with that? And she says, well, Ms. Brindle says the hens don't lay when it's been raining and the hens don't lay when it's been too cool. So we just have to go when them hens won't delay. And I'm like, all righty then. Guess I really wasn't supposed to have eggs, was I? <laughs> we'll be having something else today because you the hens it. aren't in the mood. Exactly. <laughs> And but but that's it, 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 it's the way that it was for a long time, and that's it. about food and it worked well. And people, you know, say why? Well, how how come people didn't get all these food related, you know, ulcers and things and can't stomach cancer and blah, 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 blah. how come they didn't? And I think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that they were whatever else might have been going on, they were still close to the earth and the dirt and the people that or, or the people that were close to the dirt and growing it uh, uh and so they were in conagra and monsanto hadn't figured out how to patent genetically modified things well you know? it, and and <laughs> and you you get uh in, in there's a beautiful huge produce section i i know i showed a video i think to to gene of the produce section at the grocery store that was near me in houston I mean, it's huge and just colors coming out your ears but but huge quantities of that stuff, the papaya, you know, down here, you go get it on the tree. There, first place I lived, there was one right outside my door. I mean, it was literally like four steps to get a papaya. And and 
there's four steps to get a papaya in the United States, too, and that's to harvest it when it's not ready. Right. Step one. And then put it in a boat and gas it to be sure no bugs came. So that is fun stuff. And then they get it to the grocery store. They gas it with a, another gas that makes it turn ripe, turn the color of ripe fruit and begin to rot. I I I, I don't dare say begin to ripen because it just it literally just changes the color and and you know so you get one that looks like it's ripe but it kind of tastes like I don't know what, and um, uh, and part of it to me is not just because that's better for the fruit. It is, but it's that connection. It's that you have a relationship. It's not. I know produce in a modern American supermarket looks like produce, but I but I think it's little Jetson pills from the Jetsons world where food was little pills. It doesn't taste like it though. It tastes different. There's it, a distinct difference in the way it tastes yeah. and the way that your body feels when you eat it. Yeah, my body jumps so, up and down when I eat fruit down here. And and up there I eat fruit and it my body wants to lie down. Like, oh I give up. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it looked so good and I was so excited, but oh what was that? What have you put into the cow? And uh, because you would never dream down here where the trees are, you would never dream of cutting a papaya off the tree while it's green, like really green, and then setting it in your kitchen window and waiting to see if it turns ripe. You just, <laughs> you know, the locals would all pull up chairs and watch and see what the hell is that gringo doing now? Because, <laughs> you know, it's like, just leave it on the tree. It'll be ready in a couple of days. Leave it up there. And, um, let it do what it do. The 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 papaya's ripe when the papaya's ripe. The hens lay when the hens lay. The deal with it. It sorry. And you know, well, but if we cut it off and put it in a little trapped enclosed box and we put some of this ethylene gas in there, that's similar to what plants produce, except we make ours from oil and we put that in and it'll change color and and they just that's when they'll practically kick you out of the country. They're like, Listen, I think there's a hotel in San Jose. You you go up there. You know, because it, it just doesn't it doesn't compute to anyone around here, really. And you can see the few, you know, new transplants that are still running around trying to have it that way. And uh, uh, and I don't ever have when I see people like that, I don't ever have any sort of want to go tell them or 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 you know, oh poor you. I just kind of smile and go, yeah, I remember being that way. You'll be okay, and 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 have that thought, and just sort of, and to me, that's blessing them. You know, is smile at them and say it's going to be okay in your head, and off you go, um, because it's it's it takes a lot of work if you want to try to maintain that down here, because it you are foiled at every turn, and uh, because because the hens only lay when the hens lay, and. I don't, I can't fix your kind of air conditioning problem. Well, but you can put some gas in. No, no, it, you need to go get it fixed where it's fixed. And I know that's not today. And, you know, he even said when I went back to pick up the car with the, and, and pay, he said, you know, yeah, I know it's a shame there's no air conditioning, but it is what it is. Now, that dreaded phrase, it is what it is. It used to. I get used, over it. 
Yeah, I used to drive. Yeah. And uh and like I say, I went on to have a wonderful afternoon driving around in my car, windows down and you know, waving to people and talking to people and can't do that when you're inside of a little box. It's all closed up. No, you know, it's interesting because it's all about choice, isn't it? You know, and, and the three of us have made choices to go back to a simpler lifestyle, um, to get closer to the earth and to really kind of get more in touch with the true essence of ourselves. Um, and we all have a choice in every moment of every day, you know, and what the choice that's right for you and me and Jean um might be right for everybody else in the universe, but they haven't quite gotten there yet, and that's okay too, because it yeah. is what it is. Because <laughs> it is what it is. What are you gonna what? Um, so it is break time. Um, we get to talking some. And we could do the whole show, I think, without a break. The way we get talking, except we get desperate towards the end, probably. Um, yeah, I was thinking bio break. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so this talk, we're gonna we're gonna play Ina V. Uh, I think Jane? that would be appropriate. Yeah, Absolutely. Hadn't, hadn't done that one in a while. So, uh, uh, but when we come back, I want to uh, talk a little bit more about uh, your owner's manual. And, Perfect. Uh, uh, that sounds intriguing. See what's yeah. Well, ultimate owner's manual, the personal empowerment. That's hadn't everybody heard that? You know, kind of this life thing. It doesn't this parenting thing or whatever thing doesn't come with an owner's manual. Well, here's one. So it does now. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> That's awesome. So this will be our friend Ina V with uh, her song Earth Prayer. You can find out more at her website, which is www.enavie. That's enavie.com. Uh, and I'll repeat that again after the break because you'll need to get your paper because we'll be talking about Jean's websites as well. So uh, you'll want to take notes when we come back. There won't be a test, though. Relax. Everybody relax. Take a breath. And we'll be right back. Stay with us, folks.
Welcome back, everybody. Again, that was our dear friend, Ina V. And you can find out more about the great philanthropic work she's doing with proceeds from that song by visiting her website at inav.com. That's E-N-A-V-I-E dot com. 
Apparently, uh, we've had a little technical glitch and are missing just a piece of the uh, uh, beginning of the second segment. Uh, apparently, at the spot we drop in, I'm talking about my neurologist in Houston, I, for whatever reason. And uh, we do apologize for these. I expect that uh, shortly uh, I will be in a different space and that uh, these problems will no longer trouble us. But anyway, here we are. Uh, how shall we say this? Oh, now back to our regularly scheduled program, already in progress. As long as you don't muck it up. Mm -hmm. And my job is to keep you out of your own way. That's all I'm going to do. And I was like, okay, you I can work with. <laughs> You're Absolutely. And, uh, and it's because, you know, um, we live in a holographic universe. That's a pretty that's a pretty simple concept for people to um, grasp, you know, is the concept of the hologram. So, you know, in a hologram, every part of the hologram contains the whole of it. So if we live in a holographic universe, then um, if I have a soul, then every cell of my body has to have a soul as well. You know, as above, so below, that kind of thing. So one of the things that I offer up in the book is that you can communicate with the souls of your body. Uh, I do a lot of communicating with the souls of the cells of my skin. Because skin's easy to work with because it reproduces faster than any other um, organ in the body. You have a completely new skin every six weeks. So... You know, I talk to the souls of my skin cells and I ask them, hey, you're reproducing at a crazy rate, so why not? Let's do this together and let's get in alignment with each other and let's do it free of scars, free of wrinkles, free of age spots. Let's do it in divine blueprint, back to how you were when it was the skin of the baby. Let's do it that way. And it works. You can do the same with your nerves, uh, nerve soul cells. Cell souls. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because really Communicate. After, after about seven years, you've you've replaced virtually everything. Exactly. And so when I was a kid and I was studying biology and things in school, because I was one of these weird kids that had weird questions. I'm sure my parents were, well, at least my dad was always, well, the encyclopedia is over there. Maybe it's in there, um, which was great because he, he didn't stop me and say, that's baloney. Um, but I didn't understand how, why do we get old? These old people's bodies really aren't but seven years old or less. Their skin is six weeks old or less, like you said. Mm. So, 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 so how come wrinkles and stuff? And, uh, and then I started living life and frowning a lot. And then I was like, oh, okay, I get it. It's not a wrinkle. It's a crease. Yeah. Starch. <laughs> Heavy starch, please. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so, think, you know, we are the creators. The, I think the point of opening up a conversation with your, your body is such an important one to, to stress. Um, certainly that's been one of the biggest tools that I've used on my healing journey to get from flat on my back on the bed to, you know, doctor saying you're going to be in the wheelchair by the time you're 35 and blah, 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 blah. We can't fix this to um, living here 
uh, and managing to have a minimum minimal pain existence. I'm not going to lie and say I'm completely pain free, but where I am now compared to where I was is such a vast improvement. And how I did that was open up a conversation with my body. Part of that is that I make deals with my body that when my body starts to get sore and tired, I'll make a deal with it. Okay. This has to be done today for me to feel good about my day. If you can let me get through this, I promise to rest for this X amount of hours and to give you this and this and this, like the things that it likes, like lots of water, ginger lemon tea, you know, the stuff that my body appreciates, fresh fruits and vegetables. <clears throat> and so far it's working. <laughs> you know, oh, I'm um, sure it is. As long as, as long as I keep my end of the deal up and I don't promise my body something and then it turns into a lie because I don't do it, I don't keep up man the bargain, then my body tends to remind me that, hey, you know, we made a deal and you didn't hold up your end of that deal. So we're going to be over here hurting. And when you decide that you want to be well again, you know, come talk to us kind of thing. But you have to really acknowledge that, you know, your body has has its own needs, its desires, its its wants. And in order for you to work in communion with that, then you have to be aware of it and you have to be communicating with it and listening to it. That's a key That's one a there is listening. Yeah. That's a yeah. biggie. You know, there's a whole chapter in Power Tools about listening. The, you know, the power tool for that one is the digital recorder. But, you know, your body will tell you whenever there's an ache or a pain, if you actually listen to it, It'll tell you why it's there. It'll tell you what it needs. If you just, you know, listen, ask it. Okay, so my um, there's a, a weird little pain on the outside of my left foot right now. What are you there for? What are you trying to tell me? And listen to it, and it will it will tell you um, if you go into meditation and and really put your attention on it. It'll tell you what you need to do to support the pain going away. Because pain is just your body trying to get your attention. It's like it's last ditch effort. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, uh, it's uh, the old carrot and stick thing. You know, the whatever it is that's created the pain started out as a carrot. You know, I have this theory that um, the first time whatever it is is trying to get your attention, it does it in the dream state, and it'll come into your dreams and try to get your attention. And if you don't listen there, the next carrot will be somebody that, you know, that you come in contact with will try to tell you about it. You know, you'll, you'll project it out on somebody else. And if you can see it on the other person and figure out, oh, wow, that's my stuff, not theirs, um, you can get rid of it then. And then the body is the last-ditch effort. That's the stick, the two-by-four. Yeah. It's the two-by-four, and it, but it does tell you, I mean – to revisit the miracle we were talking about, that you get a whole new skin in six weeks. Every six weeks, your skin's entirely new. You don't have any skin left that you had six weeks ago. You know, the skin you had last year is long since you, wow, somewhere else. It's it's being something else now. Well, it. I don't know if you've ever seen a place where they manufacture things or somebody building a house. It takes materials, particularly mm -hmm. if you're doing it fast. And... And there's many things that the body can just change and, and convert, and but there's things that you just there's fuel that it's got to have. 
And, um, and methinks that, you know, that whole man can't live by bread alone. Well, you can't live by steak alone either. You can't, and you certainly can't live by Big Mac alone. And, um, uh, so, you know, you're craving something. Eat it, please. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's your body's simple. trying to tell you something. And, uh, I'll do that here. Um, and, and used to do it at home in the grocery store. I would walk into the produce department and just kind of look. That's how come I took that video and sent it to Jane. Was I would just go in there and kind of look, and I would go, man, look at all the colors. And, look at, and there was always something that kind of caught my attention more than the others. I mean, it's a room full of bright colors and pretty smells, and but something would sort of jump up a little bit, you know, and I'd be like, ooh, I have some of you. Because sometimes, for me, that's kind of often how it is, or it's synchronistic, you know. I'll I'll see 15 posts or articles or commercials about pineapples that day, or whatever it might be. Um, you know, because it can come in many different ways. And, uh, you know, if you, please, dear audience, if you're sitting there going, all right, body, my foot hurts, what do you want? And you don't hear a booming voice from heaven, don't give up. Because <laughs> it, it's probably not going to come that way uh, well and it's really kind of hard to hear your foot if you're listening to the internet and you got the tv on and um you're playing video games on your ipad and you know all that other stuff you really have to get into a very quiet space where your attention is 100 percent on your foot yeah yeah it's hard to live in a big city where you Get up in the morning and you run until you drop at the end of the day. That you don't. Where? When did you stop in there and have time to listen to anything? <laughs> really? Yeah. You know the ancients, and in fact, not even the ancients, but even probably up until a hundred years ago, um, people fed their bodies by what was actually in season where they lived. And, you know, again, that's another one of those things, those things that we were talking about earlier about um, why people could eat things and not have the food allergies and the gluten and the lactose and all that kind of issue and response was because they were, they were feeding the body the stuff that grew right where they were. Because we didn't truck stuff all over the world and import stuff from all over the world um, so that you could always have pineapple, whether it was in season or not. So when you eat the stuff that, you know, is in season for right now, and because right now we're in Indian summer, the things that your body is wanting are the things that are um, growing right where you are. And the body really wants like round root vegetables, so whatever round root vegetables are growing where you live, those are the things that will support your body. And another thing that will support your body is millet um, because that draws the um, draws all the um, stuff that you've been um, storing up in your body over the summer. It draws it out so that you can release it. So those are just a couple of clues. And I, I remember, I, I, I hate to seem old because I, I, I believe that 50 <laughs> years in this body is an extraordinarily brief time. But, no, because I got you on 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 you know the, uh, biological age. I got you there. <laughs> well, but but when I was a kid, 
we didn't have there were th- times you didn't have certain things in the produce department of the grocery store. The produce department of the grocery store changed as the seasons changed. Right. Not and anymore. Now it's you know there's a tag there with a barcode that says fresh pineapple, fresh. I'll put it in quotes. Um, and 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 you go where's the pineapple? Like it was a canned good or a rock, and it's not. You know, and um, I have really only tried Jean's ginger tea that she told me about once. And I left the piece of ginger on the kitchen counter and went to Houston for a week. I came back. It's sprouting. It's growing. Uh, That's how fresh it was, I suppose. But I've noticed I've been attracted to this area. And I've posted a bunch of flowers on Facebook, but like nine out of eight out of ten of them are, are some form of ginger. We have shampoo ginger, spiral <laughs> ginger, red flame ginger, pink flame ginger. I mean, we got ginger here. And so I'm as soon as I go to the store, because I'm going to take this one that sprouted and plant it as a gift to the lady that owns this house and is letting me rent it for a while. Um, and go to the store and get me another piece of ginger and um, start cooking some tea. Because it's like... That was one of those where the flashing neon sign was right in my face for mm-hmm. a, a couple of months. <laughs> and I was going, what? Oh, pretty flower. Uh, because, you know, you, you have to decompress and slow down. And, you know, uh, I, I, I would caution our listeners, and I rarely caution about anything. Uh, but... You know, if you think, you know, well, I tried that meditation thing and my body and the universe never told me nothing. If you're talking about five minutes on Saturday <laughs> night, once, really, come now. <clears throat> um, that's just not enough, you know. And um, and I found that my relationship with my body has been a growing thing, you know. There was almost a, you see how right you're going to work with us, sure, uh-huh on the part of my body because wow that's been eons really energetically that we just haven't you know been paying the correct attention certainly you know 100 years ago they were eating those things but i don't think they were conscious about it maybe some areas in india and and some areas in the states indigenous people are conscious of it but uh, uh it's just a but thing that's civilized that people yeah we we're, mm-hmm. We drummed that out. (laughs) You know, I said once, you know, this going to take a dive into the darkness so you can see if you can swim back out. This religion be a good way to get pushed down there, you know, because that was to me almost kind of where it started was when it quit being you and your body and started being, you know, well, yeah, Zeus threw a lightning thing at my leg. Well, how are you going to work with your body on that? (laughs) You know, it's not me. It's that guy up there. Don't everybody talk at once. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. that. <laughs> apparently, apparently, we're going to let that one soak in for a minute. Uh, yeah, that happens sometimes. But um, uh, and of course, I don't even know where we stand. Well, with... I I I have a few questions with time. You mean? But I have a few questions. Like, how did you get writing the book? Where did that come from? What inspired you to just 
pick up your pen and well, you know, I've been this is the fourth one I've written. Um and boy, once I I started uh writing, it was almost like I um had a dam that burst and um it was something I was like supposed to have been doing all along apparently. And I would have told you had you asked me 10 years ago, will you ever write a book? I would have said, "No, I can't do it. I can't do prose. I've tried it. Can't find any inspiration. I do uh, to-do lists and I do PowerPoint presentations and sales proposals and blah, blah, blah. Um, but boy, once I got started, uh, it's been kind of hard to stop it. So this particular book um, came as a gift. A lot of the material in it was brought to me through channel um, because I am a channel and um I began to channel a new group of entities called, they call themselves the beings of now. And they're actually ETs. I mean, they, they come from somewhere far, far away. They haven't told me where it is. Um, but they're here because they said so many humans had called out saying, we need help uh, getting through this ascension process, this consciousness raising thing. It's hurting us. Um, and we don't want it to be painful anymore. Can you help? And they heard the call and they came and they, they don't just talk to me. They talk to anybody that'll listen probably. Um, and so they started giving me metaphors, um, and platitudes and sayings. And so this started out as a collection of the, um, insights from the beings of now. And then in along with that, um, as I began to expand on those sayings that I was given with my own experience, um, that's where the book came from. Sounds very elvish to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Or elvish. When I when I when I say when I say elvish, I mean alpha centurion um, with the metaphors and the the. Um, yeah, the elves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's how they look. That's how they look. They look like elves. Um, actually, yes, these do. guys are about sixteen feet tall and blue. Um, you know, when, when okay. I first started seeing them, uh, I, I was I like, "Oh too. my god!" You know, uh, because I had never actually seen beings before, and one day they showed up, and um, uh, you know, because I thought they were angels. Because I always believed in angels. I never really had been much into sci-fi. Um, and, you know, in the E.T. stuff, I kind of like would roll my eyes and go, yeah, really? Um, but, uh, you know, they said, you can call us angels if you want to. You know, if you're comfortable with that, that's fine. But that's not what we are. I was like, okay. So uh, there you have it. <laughs> We're just folks from over yonder. It, but, you know, yeah. whatever works for you is we don't worry about names too much. Uh, labels. Yeah. But- but and before this book, they um, they actually were talking to me one day as I was driving up to the mountains, and they wanted they said they wanted to talk to me about DNA, and I was like, really? I'm driving. No, listen. <laughs> uh, so they said, you know, at one point in the evolution of the human species, you guys had 144 strands of DNA, not just two. Um, and, and then he said, okay, back off. You're immediately going into victim mode that somebody took them away from you, and that's not what happened. You gave them away willingly because you thought you were helping um, another race. But what you didn't realize was that when you um, allowed another another civilization, uh, when you shared your DNA with them, associated with each strand of DNA was an attribute of Christ consciousness, an attribute of your power. And so when you ended up, giving away 142 strands of DNA, you gave away 142 aspects of your own power. 
And they said, you know, there is no loss in the divine plan. So you just need to go find those DNA strands and find those power, those aspects of power and reactivate them because they still exist in another dimension or another aspect of yourself. And uh, they said, we're going to let you draw 142 glyphs that will hold the energy um, for these activations. And, um, you know, people can, you know, get what they need from that. And, and you can as well. And I was like, hold on, wait a minute, I can't draw. And they said, sure you can. You have not one but two packs of colored pencils and a pad of drawing paper up at your cabin. We'll teach you how to do it. So from that, um, I was able to create a deck of cards called Reconnecting Soul. Um, and so that was my first kind of communication with the beings of now. Power Tools was the second one. They call themselves the beings of now. Mm-hmm. And... Um... And I love that they wanted to talk to you about DNA when you were driving. And you said, exactly. I'm, I'm driving. Because I've, I've had phone calls from Jane. You know, she would drive to Toronto. And we would touch base when she arrived. i go, well, how was the trip? And she would go, Ugh. I was trying to drive. And George, they wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. We were laughing with you when we when we laughed so loud at that spot because yeah. yeah totally totally Actually, apparently driving is that, apparently we really do have an well, internal autopilot because they they because, pick on me when I'm driving a lot well you know the way I they, the out, way they explained it the way they explained it to me was that driving is so automatic that you can actually have a conversation with them and focus on the conversation and retain all the information that they give you and still your body will 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 just continue to do that that which it was already doing which is the driving so i mean because it's, it's it, kind it, of driving like a, engages the left side of your brain that you know the the logical mind and it gets it out of the way so that the yeah. right side of your brain can then listen and absorb you know which is your intuitive side it makes a lot of sense. Of course, oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm not gonna say it, it didn't annoy the hell out of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it did. It did until I figured out because I mean you you go into that whole fear thing, I need to concentrate on my driving. I need to, you know, what if I crash and what if I what if the guy in front of me suddenly stops and I'm not paying attention because I'm listening yeah. to you. Yeah, I don't um, I'm gonna die. Oh wait, survival. Right. Um, but when <laughs> Once I worked through that bit of nonsense, uh, it's, you know, driving was, for me, for a long time, one of the best ways to get information. Because guaranteed, they were going to come and harass me as soon as I got in, in the car to do a long trip. Oh, yeah. And the shower is my other good place. I get a lot of great messages in the shower. Water. Yeah, water, I was going to say, because mm-hmm. I can do the same thing at the beach or at a waterfall. Yeah. Moving water, just something about that water when it's moving around. <clears throat> Absolutely. So now when they when they first came to you, because this is always an intriguing question to ask people before we wrap it up for the day, but I know that um, Rick fought against it for a long time and I didn't know what the hell was going on so I argued it often when I first started writing um, 
automatically I had days where I, was like, I can't write that. You guys would no. So how did you how did you adapt to that? Mm, um, you know, I guess it's got something to do with being a firstborn child, I think. I mind really well, you know, and somebody tells me to do something, um, you know, as long as it's not going to be, you know, self-destructive in some form, I'll do it um, and then kind of ask questions later. So, um, and, I, and the other thing is somebody presents me with a challenge, I'll step up to it. So, you know, it's like when they told me that I was going to draw these pictures, I was like, can't really, I'll prove you wrong. And what I ended up finding was that I was drawing six of these glyphs a day. Um, and I was absolutely ecstatically enjoying it because it was a new piece of creativity coming out of me that I'd never, I never really thought I could do. So, yeah, that's, that's, I guess that's, um, that would be my answer to that question. So it was exciting. Absolutely. This is new. Yeah. This is new. New it game. Was cool. Yay. Like, yo, yeah, look I can do this. this. Wow. I, I, what? I wrote a book and don't even remember writing it? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cause, Something like that. Because, yeah, I've had those, you know, uh, times, particularly with Jane, of, you know, <laughs> I can't. I can't say this. Because it used to argue with somebody, one of your friends. I can't. I can't write that. <laughs> They'll burn me at the stake. Yes. 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 There was a lot of because I, I came from a Christian background. So yeah, when yeah. he so God, when yeah. he God became we, they. And they come from a whole bunch of different places, and of course they all go back to source. So to me, it's all George, and that's how George ended up being born. The the name came about, but it took a lot of a lot of going into self to be able to come to terms with taking what I had understood as truth and having that pretty much turned upside down for me so yeah there was a lot of i'm not going to write that i can't write that that's that's insane but as gene said there's always going to be somebody around if you're not listening to yourself there'll be somebody around to give you messages that yourself is trying to get to you and thankfully i had that a young woman by the name of sonia whose name happens to mean wisdom went through the process of writing the second book with me and i would read her each chapter and I would explain why I couldn't couldn't possibly put that in a book, and she would, you know, giggle, sit there silently and giggle, and and let me work my way through it. And by the end of the conversation, it was going to be the next chapter in the book, and I was moving on to the next new exciting thing that I was about to learn. And so, really, that getting your mind out of the way, getting past your mind, because the mind can generate static better than any, you know. You think you had the old blender made static on the radio, man, a brain, a mind can really make some static. Um, <laughs> and um, so what, what you've got some tools in the power tools, really, I suppose, to, you know, assist people in getting past that mind chatter and static. Absolutely. You know, and, and I guess more than uh, more than that is just giving people other 
choices. You know, like we were talking about in the beginning of the show, um, here's some options that you have, um, you know, to be able to find your power, to step into your power, to create your reality, to heal your body, to find money, to find love, to find the things that you want. Um, you know, here's some choices you have. And that's really what this power tools are all about. I like choices. I like choices too. I like choices. I had that recently when I got back here. My first night here, I'm sitting out on my patio and the neighbors are playing salsa music like so loud the speakers are crackling and I'm thinking it's all going to blow up soon. And I was real tempted to be irritated about that, you know. And I'm back in Costa Rica for my peaceful patio. What the are you people doing with this salsa stuff? And uh, but I but I used that sort of I was tempted to pause, you know, stop, question everything, question yourself. What what was that? Where'd that come from? And and then I chose to to realize that obviously they were celebrating my return. There you go. And and that's maybe a stark and and at the same time silly example, but that's you get in a situation and you just that's. That's almost got to be habitual response if you didn't have time to think about it, unless it's a life-saving situation. Sometimes your higher self just takes over and picks up a car. But um, um, if it's particularly if it feels funny when you do it, not like funny good, like this is wow, this is cool, but more like you know, ugh. Yeah. It's it, it it you know you stop if you can stop that habitual response for a moment and look at it it may not be the response you'd like to choose or there may be a better one. Well, it's that old definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different outcome. You know, so if it's not working for you, make a different choice. You know, anything different. Mm-hmm. Our friend makes uh, sense. Our friend Veronica with Elohim's, you know. That's one of their things is, you know, look, how many times have you thought this thought? Did it do any good? Well, okay, so you've thought this thought that many times and hadn't done any good. It's not going to do any good now. So let's think something different. Anything different, just different, would be good for a start. Because um, we're taught, I think, that many times in life there's no choice. I don't remember how many times I heard in my childhood, you know, well, I had no choice. Mm. Well, I had no choice. Yep. And I've now come to remember that that's never the case. And and I say never very conditionally. It, experientially, it is the case if you believe it to be, of course. But I don't think it's ever the truth or the reality that because I think we always have choice. Something. There's always choice. More than you might think once you start noticing exactly and that's really what it is you know one of the one of the right two of the power tools in the book are attention and intention when you put your attention on something and you use your intention to change it there's nothing in the world you can't change yes that's right children she said nothing <laughs> Well, you know, that's one to unless you believe that that's different. And uh, there's a there's a Zen uh, Buddhist thing 
that I have always appreciated that talks about the beginner's mind and the expert's mind. It says, you know, approaching some challenge, the options in the expert's mind are very few because they've been taught how it must be. Mm. But the options in the beginner's mind are nearly infinite because they know nothing about it. And so to approach life and things with a beginner's mind of, ooh, this is new, even if you've seen it 20 times. Well, I really think that's or, what Jesus so, was getting at when he said, I, I was know, just going to say, yeah, the little children come yeah. to me, for unto them belongs the kingdom of God. Because children know they don't know anything. And they just look at this world in wide-eyed wonder. This is exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, you know, our, our dear friend and uh, and and um, I, I don't know what else to call him, just our dear friend, had, you know, made it very plain when he came and spoke about seeing the world through a child's eyes. Mm-hmm. And talk about no attachments. You know, you got a kid that's just learning to toddle around. <clears throat> And so you haven't learned yet all the shiny things that they'll pull off a shelf and that you'll be terrified about. Um, so you haven't put them away yet. You go take something away from the child. The child is in abject, you know, tears, depression, shattered for, you know, I don't know, 15 seconds. Yeah, Mine. And, and then they see some the next shiny object and they're off. Uh-huh. And, 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 you know, so, yes, that sensation of loss. It's a physical thing is there, but it's very transient because there's always so much more to be amazed and awed by. And don't you, ooh, look at that, shiny, you know. And uh, because down here, sometimes I do, I feel like the monkeys, you know, they, they these capuchin monkeys, if they get around people, they if you've got something shiny, they'll try to take it. And I'm like, there's shiny stuff everywhere. There's a dozen pineapples growing on the hill right uh, 10 yards from me. And look at that bamboo over there. And I've not passed any 48-hour period. I haven't seen a new kind of insect I've never seen before in my life. What? The shiny stuff's everywhere. No attachments. Not going to run out. Oh, sorry. My, 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 there is no lack soapbox beamed in <laughs> but uh, uh, we are getting close to that time uh, we got about 10 minutes left uh, and I know that you do so much you, you have radio show you 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 do so so many things we want to be sure that all of our listeners know how to find you uh, on the internet so that they can find out more about the things that you do and, and the tools that you have in your books. Cause it's, it's not your first books, not your first rodeo. Yeah. So in, um, if the listeners want to go to my website, which is jeanadrian.com, J E A N A D R I E N N E.com. If they will do me the honor of signing up for my newsletter, I will return the favor by giving them a gift. And the gift is a free uh, subscription to the online version of my InnerSpeak cards. So they can use InnerSpeak, which is the process that I developed, again, channeled, um, back in the early 2000s for clearing away limiting blocks, the, the blocks that hold us back 
from having what we want in our life. And you can use that forever, um, as many times as you want. I do suggest you don't do more than one clearing a day because even though it's a very easy process, it's quite powerful. Um, and you do need to process what you let go. Let all those pick-up sticks uh, fall back into place after you pull one out. Um, so you just sign up for the newsletter. If you don't like my newsletter, you can quit the newsletter at any time um, and still keep using those cards. So everything they need to know about Jean is on JeanAdrian.com. The radio shows, the archives of the radio shows, um, the books, the CDs, all that kind of stuff's there. Scheduling private sessions with me. I do one-on-one sessions with people. Um, as a life coach to help you locate the limiting beliefs and let go of them. And how awesome is that? Very, love very freebies. cool. Very cool stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just checking it out so I can oh, cool. put my name in here and see what happens. You'll get an email back oh, with a know. URL. And... So you see, there you have it, folks. Jean's just done it. So that was hard. <laughs> I mean, we didn't even oh, hardly that was notice. Difficult. You know, yeah, I'm done. Stressed. <laughs> I had to push a few buttons on the keyboard. So I'm definitely done. get by there and 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 do that because, um, uh, as we said at the beginning, multidimensional being. So she has lots going on, and it's good stuff. And it works because I just got a notification that you just signed up. I love it. Ta-da. See, peeps? We're trying to make it as easy as we can. What do you want? An engraved invitation? <laughs> Awesomeness. Absolutely. Well, Gene, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Now, well, thank you so much. And I, I appreciate your sharing your time and your talent and your treasure with us. It's just awesomeness. And um, cool conversation. See, that's why yeah, we you guys are this. doing some great work, so keep it up. Conversational radio, not interview yeah. stuff. No no prepared questions, please. <clears throat> you plan things. You don't – it's not the way – you can't be multidimensional and open to infinite possibilities if you plan every minute of your show. So we don't plan any of it. It's maybe extreme, but, you know, eh, it works for us. It always works. <laughs> so – also would encourage everybody to get by everydayconnection.me. It's a dot .me because it's all about me, whichever one of us me's is reading it. Um, and we have a newsletter as well that uh, is just getting started because uh, we've switched to this podcast format. So we don't really know. You know, I'm, I'm talking about how I came back to uh, or I picked up my truck yesterday. By the time this gets posted, that'll probably be a week and a yesterday ago. But uh, um, it's what happens, you know, when you just throw, you let go and just follow your heart. You don't know what's, what, 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 what time is it, Jane? I don't know. Oh, it must be now again. That's why we call it Everyday Connection now these days. So there's no calendar up, but we're going to use the newsletter to let you know who's coming up and the fun we're having and. Uh, we we have some as, interesting as well announcements in the next week. The occasional video your way, you know. Um, I say, that's probably you can find on the Everyday Connection YouTube site because our guests have these these moments of brilliance, 
And uh, I granted it can take me a while to to wade through a long 90 minute show of brilliance to pick out a clip to make into a video of brilliance. But I, I've been doing it. So, <laughs> you know, um, trying to condense their brilliances can be challenging at times because they are so brilliant. I, but but we have those available for people as well. Because people are awesome. People are brilliant. All them peoples. You people's listening. If you don't think you're brilliant, it's just because you forgot. I promise. You're brilliant. It's something. Follow your heart and you'll find you're brilliant every time. So uh, sign up with Gene and then sign up with Rick and Gene. And uh, uh, then you'll know what's coming up. And that way you can join us again next time. But until then. To our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves. Stay connected. Have a wonderful now, everybody. Thank you. Join Jane and Rick again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and subscribe for news and updates. Stop by their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Everyday Connection and join the conversation. You can also subscribe on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. to ask the biggest question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com price match for details So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.